0: Welcome to Bygone Geek, loading another awesome episode in 3, 2, 1, launch. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? There's something very important I forgot to tell you. Come with me if you want learn. All Alright, Bygone Geeks, I want you to know, I live my life one podcast at a time. Nothing else matters. Not the mortgage, not the toys, not the collectibles, or all that BS. For those 90 minutes or less, I'm free.
1: Let's go for a little ride. Yeah, right. I call you would have that Iron Man sticking out of your car window. You'd have uh Han Solo on the hood of the car at the top like the when you said collectibles, even Vin Diesel was like you never had your collectibles. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So we are just to be clear for anyone listening, we are doing The, the Fast and the Furious, not Fast 8, Fast 13, the 2 Fast to Tokyo. None of that. <laughs> f- We're f- doing the furious original on the moon. <laughs> yes, it's it's the original, the one we that started it all. Uh I guess you could call it the Iron Man of this universe. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, that is now in it, the 10th film is coming out, which Vin Diesel uh said is the <laughs> the start of a trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he knows how that works because you have nine before this. So maybe what? to him, a
0: trilogy is segments of 10. So there's two more segments of 10 after this.
1: It's <laughs> so all, all about 10. I want a 10 second car. I need a 10 second trilogy. I don't know what he's doing, but just call them phases, Vin. Just call them phases like Marvel does. And then you could make 24 of them, mm-hmm. which, you know. So we are doing the OG, uh, the Fast and the Furious. Um, I would say, and this is kind of in my notes, is this like our first cool movie? Like, the you know... When you saw the trailer for this, I remember, I didn't even know what like shipping containers were, but it had that (laughs) music and this like overlay. It was like when you first saw Microsoft Word art for the first time and you got to play around with it. Is this our first cool, edgy movie? Like, yeah.
0: I think it might be because I was realizing that when I was watching this movie, I'm just like amazing cars as far as the eye can see cool people and attractive people as far as the eyes can see like it it is um i feel like this whole movie is that way where it's just like it's so much the people are cool what they're doing is cool the music is cool the way it's filmed is cool like every part of it um so i do i i think the reasoning why we're feeling that way is because this is i think the first movie that we've breached into the 2000s And the early 2000s has a clear cut tone to it. Like the way that they film things, it's like, for some reason, I think everything was so grand and kind of like Michael Bay-esque, even if it wasn't Michael Bay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, Like, I feel like rewatching this movie, I was just like, was this directed by Michael Bay? It feels like a Michael (laughs) Bay movie. Um, But no, it is, It is. um, I do, I remember that when I watched this. um, I mean, it came out at the pinnacle time for me sophomore year of high school, just turned 16, just got my driver's license. And everybody that I was surrounded with also got their first cars and it didn't matter. Mine, 1985 Mazda pickup truck. This thing had 200,000 miles on it. By the time my parents handed it down to me, uh, it was like, it was a tank and it sounded like a tank. um, But it, I'll tell you what, when I watched this movie, it opened the floodgates to everybody putting neon lights under their cars, Mm -hmm. everybody putting huge sound systems in their trunks, um and it's just everybody thought that they were dom or were brian and uh-huh. yet we it's like our cars were not nearly <laughs> no the same cool we, factor. We, we were
1: brian but we were brian earl Spillner, <laughs> <laughs> you know the, the, the fake dude um i love that you brought up your first car memories because that's exactly what i was gonna you know talk about like but when you said well like because mazda is a uh car race car style yes. but then you said pickup yeah so it's like oh bad <laughs> for him it's <laughs> <Sad laughs> like so so you you were not attaching things to that and like trying to spice it up you kept it pretty like classic
0: the, what the most that I did is that was the era of like removing your original radio and putting in like a five CD disc changer with um, all the little
1: buttons and the, yeah, the, the screen. I the remember crazy that. crazy
0: neon lights and things like that. Yeah, that's the most uh, I did it. I think that's the most my parents would let me do to it. Um, in later years, I ended up getting, um, it was actually only a couple, it was in high school. I think I got a old, uh, it was a relatively new Kia. Oh, what was it? they don't make them anymore it was like the crappiest entry-level version of the kia but it tried to look Mm. like like a dodge neon which was like the huge like poor man's race car I feel like in the early 2000s but uh when I got that I did try to throw some decals on it but once I did it they looked a little bit lame Uh, (laughs) um the the most I the most I ever did was a sound system and then I got like neon um license plate frames (laughs) which were real classy super classy (laughs) um but I there were friends of mine that had full lights underneath their cars yeah um and it was just it was super sweet. Um, I, it, it's it's amazing how much this movie opened this kind of uh, gateway to kids and adults and what their cars mean to their identity. Whether sure. it was a crappy 1985 Mazda pickup truck, or or if you were lucky enough when you were a teenager to have like, um, I mean, a Camaro, a Mustang, um, yeah. you know, a, a Supra, a Toyota Supra. Like one, I mean, I couldn't even comprehend if you had one of these cars as a teenager I guess maybe I don't know people who grew up in LA might have (laughs) but growing up in Northeast Ohio nope didn't have any of these
1: and that's what made me think because I was you know driving around now as a middle-aged guy like you know we're not uh we're we're definitely granny clutching now instead of double shifting like we should (laughs) um like I was like is our lights cool under the car still? Are people doing this um racing scene still? And then I was like no, they're not. And then I was like dude, you live in a s- Iowa, small yeah. town, like you're not seeing that. But maybe in like San Francisco or uh Vegas, I don't know, other parts of where, where car stuff still is popular. I mean, let's let's be honest, the, this movie uh I would say 1, 2 and 3 had the most street-style racing out of all the movies. Now, I don't even think they... They don't even do street street racing in these movies no. now, right? Um, they're busy going to the moon and fighting <laughs> the rock and all that. It's just not even what it is. So while they're still doing fast... This is fast 10, 10 movies in, I was still thinking uh, if, if street-style racing is a thing, though, in those uh, other communities that have way more population, way more access to spoilers and decals and the... Uh, is not still a thing, and is is that even legal? I don't even know what the car light like, community yeah. is. You well, know. I uh,
0: this is my insider information because for five years, um, five years over a decade ago now, it's crazy how time flies. Um, I worked at Summit Racing Equipment, which is. I mean, even though it's a northeast Ohio business, it's the it's called the world's largest speed shop. They you they were actually, running parts for Harry. I was running parts <laughs> for Harry. <laughs> I was the insider, um, just way less attractive, and my eyes aren't nearly as blue and dreamy. But no, you're
1: Brian that, Earl Spillner, and uh, uh, Dom would be like. Yeah, that that tracks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm Brian. If he were in the guy in RoboCop that had the toxic waste spilled on him, <laughs> that's what I am. Um, but uh, but no, when I worked at Summit Racing, it was uh, the majority of that stuff. Like you could you could go and buy tanks of NAS, but it those are not street legal. It okay. was meant when you went to the drag the drag strip, and it's um it's funny because it's like in this movie. I had no understanding of cars when I watched this at 16. But then when I watched it, like, you know, a decade later when I was working at Summit Racing, I was just like, oh, this isn't... (laughs) Like, they're just speaking garbage. (laughs) Like, like, this is not at all real. Um, uh, But it... um, Yeah, NOS is very much a thing. It is definitely not legal, I feel like, street legal. Um, But when you see actual drag cars on a drag strip um, using NOS and, like much like in this movie when Dom and his car like his front wheels come off the ground there's cars that are powerful enough to do that that's not just movie magic that's okay. real like I've been to drag races where it literally the car goes like you know 60 degrees into the air and then slams back down um, but yeah it's um it's a whole di- and it's not at least in Northeast Ohio sorry to any car guys that might listen to this show car guys in Northeast Ohio don't look like Vin Diesel or Paul Walker <laughs> Like car guys in Northeast Ohio are just like these middle, especially guys that can afford what Dom and what Brian were putting on their cars are middle-aged men's with giant beer guts. Um, uh, and just have a crazy amount of disposable income because their kids are like 30 and have moved out long ago. Um, they're not as cool looking and that's for sure.
1: <laughs> I love that. Like Vin, uh, yeah, Van Diesel will get like, um, for some reason he's always like, uh, bashed for like some of his like physical appearance you know um and you kind of remind me of that when we talked about how typical car guys look versus this movie and versus like um the attractive ladies and men like all around and this and that like but someone had always said like vin is standing there on a yacht shirtless and his like guts hanging out and someone commented like yeah, he's standing on a yacht, shirtless. You're in your living room, shirtless. I think Vin Diesel's doing just fine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I love, I love that. And like, he's his his like range is pretty good. I mean, I don't. I mean, not that Groot obviously has lines, or it really like. I don't know how Marvel did that because Bradley Cooper's the Rocket Raccoon and and Vin Diesel's Groot. Like, it is so bizarre to me it's that those, are, you know. But like. He's not the person I would think as grew, and then he's also like when one of my favorite movies, which we'll probably do an episode on. But Pitch Black, I mean, mm-hmm. and then he's this this drag uh, street racer and in, in in Fast and Furious, like he does have a pretty good range, and he's yeah. done some family movies and things like that. Pat- Pacifier,
0: like yeah, Pacifier, that's, uh, yeah, it was yeah great.
1: Mm-hmm. which I actually like better than like some of the rock stuff, like Tooth Fairy yeah. and Game Plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that, yeah. Then the people will tell if you met Vin Diesel in a bar. Uh, i would buy him a beer and i would hug him like i'm not gonna trash talk this man you know it just it's just hilarious to me but i i think um this if if i'm remembering correctly if you were 16 i would have been uh 12 going eighth grade summer and we i talked about this on another episode uh this was my one of my, if not the first theater movie I had to see with a buddy without anyone else, no adult oh, supervision. Cool. And I do remember the trailer, and I remember how hazy it was and the 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 storage units and the crates and all that. And I was like, what is this movie? Yeah. And I, I had no, no idea about cars. I was not like a car kid with I had Hot Wheels and stuff, but I was very much more into action figures. But I wasn't like Obsessed with the car stuff. I just really was. I thought the characters were cool too. And you know, seeing it at sixteen or twelve, and seeing it as a thirty-five-year-old, like I still know nothing about cars. You know, <laughs> I am lucky to uh, get it to this to place to change my oil. That's mm-hmm. that's where I'm at with with cars. But my first car was a Ford Ranger. Uh, truck and it had the it was yellow and on the back it said splash on it in neon green oh, and blue cool. um so <laughs> you know that's that was uh, awesome but it was it was great for me because i'm not you know i'm five foot three so i didn't have like this crazy monster truck and me hopping out or hopping into it so i always liked that it was smaller um definitely helped people move i'm sure you help you know oh, if you had a yeah. truck right you well, know but, the funny
0: thing is is at, like i never like David and I have never shared this with each other. The four, the Mazda, um, the Mazda B twenty two two hundred is what it was, and the Ford Ranger are the same. They're built on the same platform. It's the same size oh, tr- truck. Yeah, well, that. yeah. So we
1: had see? the same car. Cosmic. Yeah, <laughs> we were driving no ladies around together. <laughs> uh, but it was definitely a character uh, of like an extension of myself because yes. it was. I was fortunate enough to have a car. A, that, that was a thing, like a vehicle. You know, when, when later in the movie, when Brian brings him that 10-second car that's, like, not even running, mm-hmm. the fact is to even have a, a, a mold of a car, right? Like, so to actually have a running vehicle to get me to point A to B, to get me to school and have a parking spot at school, yeah. and, like, it was legit leveled you up, cool factor-wise, uh, for sure. But, you know, that, that was... That was four years after I saw the first Fast and the Furious. But I remember seeing it with my buddy Doug Jeter and we felt so adult and cool. It's so funny going to see a car movie that we didn't drive ourselves to. But <laughs> well, we you felt got, really cool. still you several know? years
0: away yeah. from it. Yeah.
1: We were still <laughs> dropped off at the front of the theater by his parents. But I had the, I, and I think I've talked about this in another episode. I'd stayed the movie stub for years. Mm. Um, now knowing how many movies there are of this, I wish I had saved the original. <laughs> Who knows, you know? But I, I definitely, to this day, think out of all of them that they've made, this is still, um, it's probably my second favorite. But it's it's just funny how how uh a hold this movie has on people, given the the how popular like it was at the time, but shoe racing is not as popular now. Right. Um, and it's weird that they, they went away to do weird other things in this movie, considering how good this movie was. Right. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, it is. Um. I, I feel like I forgot how much this movie, which minds you, it's just like, I'm just, I was completely flabbergasted that when, when, when I saw the first teaser trailer for fast 10 and I was like, oh, is fast and the furious nostalgic enough to do on the podcast? And I'm like, Twenty-two
1: years. Oh yeah, that one.
0: Twenty-two yes. years. That I'm like, this is insane that it's been going on for that long. But it is. You are a thousand percent correct. Fast, the Fast and Furious of 2001 compared to, I would feel like even from the second one on, we just went into a fantasy world. Yes. <laughs> like after this movie, like there was, of course, there were still these grand scenes in in this movie, but not that much. Breaking the laws of physics. Not yeah. like, you know, there weren't submarines, helicopters, tanks, like all this crazy stuff. It was just in L.A. Like they do like very- stomps
1: on the ground at one point and the ground starts to crack like an earthquake. <laughs> I was like, uh, what? But, you know, so I'm, you know, and I think like for what they're going for now. I think someone called it, this new one is, as review literally said, popcorn lunacy. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's yeah. great. You know, yeah. fine. And again, I'm part of the problem. I will see it. So whatever. Yeah. Shame <laughs> <Save> on me. <laughs> Bring it on. Um, but you know, you know what's crazy getting back to this one? And this like, was a very much like, whoa moment in a, in a sad way. The movie has a, public service announcement done by Paul Walker at mm. the very beginning. Wow. And it was just like very, like, it was just, just hard to watch. Well, and then e-
0: even when, when then as his character, Dom, when he, I forgot about the lineage of his dad until this movie where he says that his dad died in a fire during a race. Yeah. Like it gives you chills watching that scene now knowing, and the fact that he's telling that story to Paul Walker. Like to yeah. Brian, like it's very, yeah, it's crazy to think that, the, you know, the, you know, I don't even know if co star is the right word. The second, you know, the second like person on route, Mount Rushmore in this movie dies in a way that Brian would have died. Like that's yeah. crazy. That's right. in real life. Like that's just, that's a, that's quite jarring for sure
1: and yeah. i think this is a good time to kind of i didn't know where we'd put this or talk about it but if, you know when the movie opened with a public service announcement by paul walker about safe driving and things like that later in life he did say if he uh, you know i'm not i don't want to mess this quote up but he was happy if he goes out going at high speed i think he was happy he said or something like he was doing yeah. something he loved he really immersed himself in cars he was at a car show that morning Um, before he passed away like he was one of those as I think a lot of people would say Heath Ledger um, when he passed away was like a thing when I found about Paul Walker I cried it was like a Kobe Bryant style I I really connected with his character in all of these movies because he was just something I wasn't Mm-hmm. And so it was easy to connect with him and live out this fantasy through his eyes. You know, he's, yeah. he just was like a cool guy, um, racer. He just seemed, and very free. Yes. Yeah. And I really dug him and I connected with him way more than I did Dom or anyone else in these movies. And he was like the reason I kept coming back. And I think that is why I've, After Fast Seven, which they did a probably the one of the best tributes I've ever seen to a character. They really could have dropped the bomb at. Yeah, me too. I still do, and the music and the way they did it. That was, I mean, that was a perfect, perfect tribute to him and his, his character and him in 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 real life. Um, so I think that's why these other movies I'll still see for sure. But I was always going to see what what for Paul Walker. Yeah. And what's wild, you know, is after the second movie, what's wild too about the, what's wild about this franchise is like it. You almost wonder how successful this was. Then Dom didn't come back for the second one. Vin Diesel didn't come back for the second one. He's at the very, very end in a cut scene at, uh, in the third one. Right. And then all of a sudden, years later, they do Fast and Furious and the mm-hmm. whole gang's back together. It's it's what we talk about now, how nostalgia's coming back and a lot of things, you know, we're getting another Indiana Jones. Fast 10 isn't necessarily nostalgia because the family's still the family again and everyone's back. Um, but like... Weirdly, Fast and the Furious had their own nostalgia resurgence yeah. with that fourth movie. Because mm-hmm. it's not it wasn't straight up Dom and Brian again in the second and then, and then the third. It's yeah. kind of wild to me that that ended up working as it did.
0: It is, because like you don't tend to see that. Like I can't think of another example where they deviated from the formula of the first installment and then didn't bring it back until a, f- a fourth film. Like it, it's, it is really weird when you think about that. And then to think the dominance that now,
1: <laughs> the, dominance. What, the dominance,
0: I just realized as I said it, um, but we're going to count
1: how many times we say family as well. <laughs> <laughs> f- family. You're going to
0: say a little bit of like wheeze and quiet <laughs> with family. Um, but no, because now when you think about the Fast and the Furious, you think Vin Diesel. Like he's yeah. the identity of that franchise now. And you're right. It's shocking to think that he, um, like, yeah, it makes you wonder how he even came back into the fold to continue doing this franchise for so long. But I agree with you. Um, there was something about Paul Walker that he, had this cool factor that was so wildly different from any actor of that era um, and i joked about not having his dreamy blue eyes man did he have like there was something about his and it's funny i didn't realize until doing the rewatch of it when he's at dom's market and he's getting the tuna sandwich that nobody likes but he clearly just <laughs> you know is there for obvious reasons um and the but the friends the trio of guys show up and the ones picking a fight with them there's one little exchange where they pan the camera to the two kind of nerdier guys that mm-hmm. aren't in the fight with them. And they're yeah. like, ooh, he's so dreamy. <laughs> like and they're talking about how he looks and he's just stunning. He was a very I mean, he was a very stunning looking guy. And he just yeah. epitomized what you would think if you thought of somebody who was a street racer in Southern California, it's Paul Walker. Uh, like that that look is what you think of as Paul Walker. And, um, and I think no matter how long this franchise goes on, whether it's two more installments of 10 films, <laughs> however Vin, Vin is going to do it, um, it, I don't think you'll ever forget Paul uh, as being uh, an identity to this because I think um, in this first movie, the establishment of Dom's kind of running joke now of family, family is what matters, the relationship of the family was founded on on Brian and Dom mm-hmm. like all of the other family members kind of sucked in this yeah. first movie like the fact that <laughs> i had forgot that he goes out on that race and he's almost picked up by the cops and when he comes back to home his girlfriend's playing PlayStation on the floor. Yeah. Guys playing electric guitar. Another guy's sitting there drinking a beer, hitting on a woman, like a girl. Like it's and nobody backed him up. So it's funny a guy that's so hard and fast on family had nobody, nobody cared in yeah. this first movie except Brian, which was cool.
1: That was probably the craziest part about this movie. Where like you know how the these new movies nothing's believable. In this one, I was like, you know, the cop was able to spot Dom on the street and was like, Toretto. Uh, I don't know. If you're looking for this dude, why don't you go to the raging house party of where he lives? That's true. That's I mean, point. is yeah. this that hard? You know, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I was I, that, but but that's what was not believable. And now, yeah, the cars on the moon and this <laughs> and that, you know. But I, I I do think I agree. Like that's where. Uh, this movie had some layers to it beyond street racing. It had a lot of trust and a lot of respect. And I do love Brian's uh, entrance to the street racing scene where he took note of uh, how Dom was like, you embarrass me. Uh, that was, ah, man, I got to work on my Vin <laughs> Diesel. Uh, that was like a teenager with a puberty. <laughs> you embarrassed me. Um, you know, but Brian was like, I, I want the cash and I want the respect. Yeah. And he's like, that matters more to some people. And and Dom is like this mob boss of this. I mean, he's the the boss of bosses um, when it comes to street racing. And, uh, you know, when we also talk about intros, though, I mean, a man alive in any game we got that was around racing. I think everyone in their mind tried to make that green Supra that, that Brian had that we were introduced yes. to. I yeah. mean, that color and the decals. Mm-hmm. I mean, every custom design I could in a video game. Yeah. Oh, I got to make that car. Oh, I got to make that car. It was a... I mean, I'll say it right out. Right out In this movie, it was the coolest car uh, in the movie to me.
0: Mm.
1: Like, cooler than Dom's car, I would yeah.
0: say. I, I was going to ask you that. Um, if you were more of an impor, import car fan or an American muscle fan so you would be more of Toyotas, BMWs, Volkswagens things I, like that.
1: Yeah, I like that sleeker kind of shinier. I do think muscle cars are cool. And actually as I've gotten older, I do I do like the muscle cars a lot more. Um but again, maybe that's that shift like street racing is not a thing anymore. But back in yeah. 2001, that was like cool. Like Dom's uh was Challenger he brought out at the end of the movie. That's that was his dad's and all that. Mm-hmm. It was cool, but in my my twelve year old brain, it was like that green that green car. Yeah. And then Brian's orange car I thought was really cool as well. Yeah. Um but yeah, now that I've gotten older I do like uh do like some of the muscle cars. I've um but I've
0: always I've always been a muscle guy. Uh, okay. I, I like the big, the bulky but big and bulky combined with an insane amount of power to get that sucker moving. There's yeah. something just so American <laughs> about yeah. that, which is why I think you know American muscle is, is, is the term for it. But yeah, his his charger is just absolutely super cool. And I like that it, it was so linked to his dad and stuff like that. And I like too that throughout this whole series, like he does, he's an American muscle guy. Every once in a while, he's in a Toyota. Every once in a while, he's yeah. like, but he's always like Chargers, Challengers, um, Barracudas, like pl- different Plymouth vehicles and stuff like that. Um, he doesn't venture much into like Camaros or Mustangs. I'm a big Mustang guy. Um, okay. I, I love Mustangs. Um, it kind of, I feel like for me, it kind of comes from Gone in 60 Seconds. Uh, the Eleanor, that was my jam. That's in my
1: notes. <laughs> yeah. That is my, the Shelby GT500 from yeah. that movie. I mean, we, you know, we were pretty uh, blessed to grow up in an era with these car movies, I feel. Yeah. Um, now A year I apart admit, from each other. A year yeah, apart. Ga- Gone in 60 Seconds is great. Um yes. I will admit, and everyone can throw their pitchforks, I never saw the one with Mark Wahlberg. I have, I will see it eventually. Um, I think I, I had it had been so known that I never saw the Italian job that people were giving me the movie for Christmas. Like friends, <laughs> they buy me it there. You have to watch it now. But I know the Mini Cooper was cool with that movie and, this right. and that and like um, chasing and racing, all, not racing, but escaping and stuff. But I mean, Gone in 60 Seconds, Fast and the Furious, uh, like the show, you know, well, we grew up with the DeLorean. And mm-hmm. how amazing that looked, you know. But yes, I'm glad you mentioned Gone in 60 Seconds because it is it's here as well. Um. So two questions then: Would that? Well, okay, you talked about Mustang, and the, so it's a dream car. Not a, not in the in this way, whatever. All you want is the Gel- Shelby GT500. Your dream car?
0: Yeah, I would say either that or there's a similar version of that car that um was made famous by Steve McQueen in the movie Bullet. Um, it's a seventies movie. Um, and it's a, not a great movie other than the chase scenes and the car and the okay. car is, is a Mustang. That's like this deep forest green. It's, it's so cool looking. And, um, uh, over the years, all throughout the two thousands. And I think even in the past couple of years, Ford will release a bullet edition, limited edition of that mustang oh, it, wow. it is so sick but it's like eighty thousand dollars <laughs> like it's just it's crazy but it is like there's something attractive to me mind you i'm in a room full of collectibles so the words limited edition like are a <laughs> big deal to me um, um so there is something about that if you gave me a gt500 or a, a bullet mustang i would be that's the collectible of all collectibles in yeah my
1: mind. yeah <laughs> it, uh, I, I will google that bullet car but yeah the shelby gt500 is is it's on my I list as well, it was just gorgeous. And I something about these car movies because I my truck was a stick shift, um, the clutch always looked so cool. And in this, and in, in, you know, this movie is like a metal yeah. bearing almost. And the way I, we, I it, swear
0: to god, know. we had we're the same person because my Mazda was a, was <laughs> was a stick, a stick shift. shift. I learned yeah. on stick shift, yeah. Did they even make uh manuals anymore? Like they do. do, but they, they okay. but the funny thing is, is it used to be so comment that like oh if you had a muscle car it needed to be stick shift
1: oh yeah like yeah
0: but now it's like there's like the shifting technology in automatic transmissions for for sports cars are so much better than what you could ever do manually so it's yeah there still are people that are tried and true that like you need that
1: they're electric and they're automatic. Yeah. It's they're cars now. It's
0: silent and required and have autopilot. There's like no driving involved. Um, it's, a, yeah, it's amazing how far we've come. And it could like, could you imagine it's like if there's so much to this movie and this franchise is them cutting into the cockpit of the car and yeah. seeing them shifting, seeing mm-hmm. that man versus machine combined together, like and and somehow going through 15 gears in that transmission when you know there's only six. Yeah. <laughs> like It's like, how many times are I going to shift? Um, That's like, why
1: I like the Wick movies, though, because it's believable. You know, with other movies, like, did he need to reload? And Wick, he's, they do show the reloading. You right. know, when you get to the logistics of stuff, yeah, and I love that Brian is like you know god bless this man i mean his manifold was blowing out and the car is sparking and he's got a computer in there and he's <laughs> pressing buttons and stuff i i forgot about the computer and i was like how is he how is he navigating that while going so fast right my favorite thing though i guess talking about graphics and stuff like when he hits the nos mm-hmm. and the the screen does that like
0: Zoomy thing with him Mm -hmm. Yeah
1: you know And we're all there with him I thought me and my wife Did kind of chuckle Because I I don't know What that would look like now But I thought it was A little funny Just seeing it now Because it's kind of like You know (laughs) it. I Um, forgot
0: how much That whole street race uh, With him and Dom And the what Three or four other guys there's some heavy ja rule c- ja Rule's yeah one of the drivers yeah. there's some heavy CGI <laughs> it's yeah. kind of it is kind of cheesy but I I'll tell you right now I'm not gonna speak ill of it because in 2001 that was a mind-blowing scene yeah. like that was it's all on the line he put his pink slip down this means business <laughs> um it was like this movie really did start this kind of um moment in pop culture where like hit the nos. i need nas two of the big ones you know it was just so uh, like even in like there's an episode of the office that like when i think of hitting the nas it's (laughs) brian doing it in this scene or it's that other guy that ends up going against johnny tran and he's like too soon jr is what i always think of with nas but then I always think of there's an episode of The Office where Dwight is in a in Jim's car and they're trying to get somewhere quickly and he goes, speed this thing up. He's like, Do you have Nos? And he's like, What? Nos? And he's like, Yeah, I do. And he's like, hit the Nos. And he just turns on his windshield wipers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Dwight sits there and puts his head against the headrest like he's preparing for Fast and the Furious style NOS. Right. Um, but I've I've never, even with working at Summit Racing, I never had the privilege of sitting in a car when you actually hit the NOS uh-huh. to see if it truly is like that um I do know that it it does dramatically increase the horsepower of your car so I would think it does would slam you back in your seat sure. but it's definitely not gonna like um warp <laughs> it, you're not going into uh you know hyper speed <laughs> like in Star Wars like they made it look like in this movie. <laughs>
1: I would equate it to like a roller coaster that has one of those kick starts where it does slam <laughs> me back. Like that's what I would think. I'm too scared to even. Yeah, I I don't want to sit in a car with Nosse because you think of those scenes. I think of the scene where Tran uh, shoots the car and uh, I'm like Nosse and they run away. Yeah. That's the scene I think of. I'm like I don't want to. I don't want to be anywhere near Nos. Uh I want to be. Uh, again, we talk about who we are in these movies and who we thought we were. Uh, I thought I totally wanted to be Brian. I am definitely Hector. I've grown up to be Hector. Uh, Just let me hold the money. I'm too slow to get away with it. I'm good. Totally fine with being Hector. I feel Um, like
0: I'm too much. uh, The speed shop owner's name's Hank. Is yeah, a, oh, I'm Harry. Harry, uh, Harry. Yeah. yeah. I'm Harry. I'm worried about consequences. <laughs> like, uh, I'm the old middle aged guy amongst all these cool kids who's worried about consequences.
1: <laughs> yeah, I want to go. Uh, I'll be H- Hector getting a fat burger with cheese for two ninety five. That's that <laughs> is me. That that that's fine. You know, um, you know what we haven't talked about? We talked about though the intros and we when we when we see. Brian in the Supra, but then we see Brian pulling up and getting that tuna sandwich, and just again, cool factor, yeah, Dr- drooling, dripping, cool, right? Uh, Dom sitting there drinking the beer, reading the magazine behind yeah. the cage, like he's almost in his own he has to be well, I think you,
0: you mentioned mob boss very mob boss yeah you know untouchable
1: no yeah. one's getting to him um and and then you see their cars all pull in and it's like just this team and energy of just like oh this is badass and this is where i'm going with all this the music mm-hmm. the music was so t- like you said 2000s are edgier and just uh, grunge what you're never going to believe. You know why we love this music? It was the same guy, Paul Scrutney, who did Rookie of the Year and Rock. No, I'm just kidding. Uh- <laughs> Paul <laughs> Scrutney. What is that? Bill Conti. Oh, okay. Uh, it's the same guy. That's why we loved it. No. Uh, I just thought this, this is definitely a very cool soundtrack. and right. just got you so hyped for all these intros. But I will I will admit to this day, we talk about memorable scenes they are they're fighting they're beating each other up when she yells when letty yells dom and dom stands up oh yeah. i mean goosebumps still yeah. cuz it's like oh okay now it's going down you yeah. know just talking about story writing and writing a character yes. he's not even been in a car yet no you no. know what i mean i thought they just did that so well to introduce dom as this this he's the man yeah yeah
0: yeah i agree he um well and i uh, i ended up uh for people who follow our Instagram, we have a, a new little thing. They started something called a broadcast channel where it's like a little group chat that you can have with like hardcore fans. And so we have about 20 folks that are in there. And I asked them, who's the coolest person in this first movie? And by three times the amount of votes of any other person, it was Dom. Um, <laughs> yeah. I feel like everybody, yep. everybody connected with Dom in this movie. That This is what made Vin Diesel a star. He had no other leading roles up until this point and for him to be established as this road racing kind of like old school mob boss sort of feel but instead of the typical mob boss we're used to of that era of like tony soprano uh god for like these big like powerful italian guys to see this shredded dude who is yeah. so commanding and, and is bald. young yeah yeah yeah, in bald. <laughs> That's
1: true. In a good way, Ben. You it's, made bald look cool. Don't kill me.
0: <laughs> I feel like the majority of his career, he's been that way. He's. He, I think he may be the pioneer of making bald look cool.
1: Oh great! <laughs> like, now you've career. got the Rock mad at us. Oh jeez. <laughs> Jason Statham. He's like, what'd no. you say? <laughs> all three of them in this franchise, which is mind-boggling to yeah, me that they're all is. now in this franchise. And now Jason Momoa, who's not bald, but you know, like. It's crazy. You talked about 22 years and now if you look back at the cast we're talking about in this movie mm-hmm. and who's in it now yeah. as villains and side characters. John Cena. Like, yeah. John Cena. Yeah. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't... I didn't, I couldn't see him in that last movie <laughs> but he was in uh, The one wrestling person who listens to this just maybe got a chuckle. Maybe. <laughs> and then any Paul Scratney fans out there also got a good one. Uh,
0: <laughs> it is, but I do... I think... Um, I think forever I will always think of Vin Diesel as dumb because I think that he kind of played himself a little bit in this role, which is why he was so good at it. And I feel like even when I've seen him in interviews and stuff like that, he just always – he seems like Dominic Toretto. Like that's who Vin Diesel is in my brain.
1: (laughs) And I would say the same about Paul Walker. And I, I, you know, he – um I actually I tried to seek out a lot of his movies because I enjoyed him as a as a character. He did that one with Jessica Alba into the blue, I think it mm. was. Yeah. Um and then that, that darn he shaved his head for that and he still looked amazingly gorgeous. I'm like, Paul, come on, dude. And then he did something else that where it's like he was like chasing down a gun that was uh gonna be used in court or something and that was a pretty oh. dark movie but it was I think it was called like Run All Night or I don't know. Another good grittier movie, but I I always liked his stuff. Um but yes, he to me was always Brian. He was always <laughs> this franchise. I mean again not to talk the rock outside of this movie and stuff. But to me this was Stone Cold and The Rock when you oh, got yeah. when you got Vin and, and Paul uh, I agree. That's what it was. They made each other better. They did. Um,
0: yeah, I. that's a great a great comparison. Um, and I do, I feel like even when you think about it as well, this was an establishing role for Michelle Rodriguez, too. Mm-hmm. Like, man, there was just something like so early 2000s when you watch this movie because her and Georgiana Brewster, it's a, the low rise jeans. Yeah. Like, it's just, <laughs> a, 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 for, it's funny how now, as much as you look at photos of, people and how they were dressed in the eighties and the nineties, early two thousands is starting to look that way to me now too. Okay. Where it's like clearly the way everybody's hairstyle is the way they're dressed, the way they carry themselves that you're like, how in the world It's it's weird that it takes like decades for you to then notice that like, Oh, that era was, we all looked this way. We all adopted these things. We all talked this slang. We all did like it's, it's, it's pretty amazing, but I do Michelle Rodriguez. Um, She, like, I I had quite a crush on her when I watched this movie. I was more Michelle than I was Jordana Brewster. Oh, Um, okay. But, you know, again, I'm getting on Vin's bad side.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm taking his lady. (laughs) No, no. And hearing what we hear about how he, with the wrench and all that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You do not want to uh, uh, mess with Dom at at all. But, uh, you know, Letty was... Definitely, uh, I think she intimidated me, but she grew on on me. You know, when I think of that whole other team, I kind of, you know, beyond... Okay, let's do this. Beyond Dom and Brian, would Letty then have been your favorite? Um, Because I love there's a thing going around right now about how it's the family and the family. I mean, we know that the kid... Spoiler alert, I guess. We know that the kid died um, Mm -hmm. who drove the white Jetta, which I thought that was pretty cool car. We know um, the... Uh, the other guy who has a crush on Brewster is, uh, you know, he's still in the other movies later, later on the road. There's this meme going around though, that that other dude who was super loyal, he's like never seen again. Oh, and I, I and I realize that's true unless he's in this Fast Ten movie. as someone said like as a joke like he's a villain in this one, which would be <laughs> a, a hilarious callback. But. You know, did you have... Okay, so yeah, you would say Letty's your favorite with the the other four?
0: Oh, for sure. Like, uh, I feel like Letty was very cool to me. And I, there is something about movies where where the main hero, like the main like cool guy that is Dom in this movie, when he has an equally cool companion yeah. um, and an equally cool love interest that is not a damsel in distress and that is just a badass themselves, I really dig that. And I think... I think Vin and Michelle um, were the perfect pairing <laughs> for yeah. this movie and for this this franchise. And it's the same way when I see when I see Michelle Rodriguez in Avatar flying the ship on Pandora. It's Letty <laughs> in yeah. the ship. It's not Michelle Rodriguez. Like right. she carries that same attitude and coolness into every film that she does. Um, but yeah, she was up. She was definitely up there with the cool factor for me.
1: I think now that uh, I can replay them in my mind, it's 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 Vince and Letty and Jesse, and then I cannot remember that other dude's name. But I can't I, either. I liked Jesse. I thought he was this, you know, you talked about, like, they were basically talking garbage because it's not what you, like, at Summit Racing, right? Like, yeah, anything he would say, it just sounded so, like endearing and sweet but i was like what what language is this and it, <laughs> it made me think like when i did this rewatch there's always a scene that stayed in my mind that i had no idea what they were talking about and i was like i'm gonna learn it this time and it's the street racing scene at the beginning where paul's trying to get in and vin goes dom's character goes uh, or dom goes this is how it's gonna go blah 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 2g buy-in I pointed at the screen like to Capri and I was like, I know what that means now. (laughs) Or Captain America. I get that reference, you know, like... Two grand buy-in. Mm-hmm. But then as a kid growing up, I was like, This is two G buy-in, man. Is that a part? Is that a is that a Yabo that I don't know about? You know? But then I was like, oh my God, two grand just to get into this race, you mm-hmm. know? And then there was what, five racers. But yeah, a lot of what what Jesse was saying and he just seemed like a good kid, just trying to figure his stuff out. Super yeah. smart character. Um, you know, made just some poor decisions. But I always thought, again, I guess if there's a movie with mommy issues this one has a lot of father yeah dad issues because dom's dad jesse's dad was in prison you know uh it's just kind of interesting where this one again there's more layers than street racing on this one thing i wanted to go back though since we're talking about that street racing and we talked about the cars we had we get all that did you ever want to street race and get the nerve to just try it or anything like that (laughs) maybe in a buddy's car or something like that
0: it's funny that you mentioned this because one I, when I had my um, Mazda, I there were all the railroad tracks in the town that I grew up in. Like, ha, were literally just like these giant ramps that, like, they you had have a flat street and then they'd have this giant bump that kind of went up to the railroad tracks. So if you went full speed and hit that, it would ramp your car. And in my mind, I was like the heights of Dom after he hits the semi truck at the end. <laughs> Movie. But in reality, I probably was lucky if one tire left the pavement. But I would go down that street all the time and go full speed and hit those railroad tracks. Um, and there's part of me now that's just like I I couldn't even imagine being now the one of the homeowners on that street oh, yeah. shouting at the kid that's driving this Mazda pickup truck that sounds like a tank, ramping your railroad tracks. But when it came to street racing, there was only one time. Um, Even when I because I owned a Mustang for a period of time when I worked at Summit Racing, I would never street race, but I would like test the boundaries of the speed limit and things like that. Um, But there was one time and this story actually came up a couple of weeks ago. A friend of mine named Bobby. I just had my 20 year high school reunion. Just like (coughs) I'm super old Um, because I graduated in 2003. So it was only two years after this film. Oh, yeah. I, I blame this film for it is that Bobby and I were going to Kent State um, and we're side by side in our cars at a stoplight and he pulls up and in my brain, it's the same as Vin and Brian looking at each other. I point at my eyes, I point at his eyes, and then I point at the street. I don't even say anything. And we rev our engines, and we're sitting there. And the second I hit the gas pedal and the light goes green, I see a cop out of the corner of my eye.
1: Oh. And
0: I immediately stop, and Bobby didn't see it at oh, all. And no. Bobby kept going, and he got pulled over, and I had to pass by him getting pulled over i felt so horrible but luckily now 20 years after the fact we had quite a long laugh (laughs) about our first and last attempt at street racing (laughs) But that's far more the reality of what street racing i think would be is just immediate pull over by a cop yeah yeah, i had a
1: similar situation a buddy and i same you pull up next to each other window rolls down We look at each other, give a head nod, and then boom, I took out a meatball sub. And I was like, (laughs) oh, we're not doing that? That's not what we're doing? Sorry. It's like, we're at a red light. I'm going to eat this. Um, No, I'm not. I never. I mean, we, we mess around with it here and there, but it was definitely more like cool in my head uh yeah i i I am and now i am like probably drive five below the speed limit yeah it's just so funny how everything changes um but you know i think of um what this movie and we were talking about like uh, peeling like some of the layers back and everything i thought it was pretty cool to make brian uh undercover cop and and being but in the uh, blended into this universe and growing their relationship with dom um and learning more about like The culture of family because it seemed like brian didn't really have one either right um but you know i think that with john with with uh the villain i guess we could say johnny tran i thought as i watched this again uh, he also i would love to see him later in the in and maybe other movies because we got that scene where he got busted and how his family and how his dad slapped him it was just a lot of family, and like he got embarrassed too now by Dom, and they yeah. had that race in the desert, and he was talking about how oh, they came to my house, they yeah. embarrassed me and all that. Um, I just thought, wow, another heavy hitting family issue, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't really real young David did not realize no. any of that going on. Um, but I just thought it was interesting and it just made me think of characters. I'd want to see again. If they're doing more movies, he should definitely be in another one. I don't know if that guy is still acting or anything, but I I liked his character in a way.
0: I do too. I thought he looked super just as much as Paul Walker and Vin Diesel look super cool in this movie. The actor that plays Johnny Tran. I mean, he was, he's a good looking fellow as well. He was super built, like very intimidating. Uh, he played that role. He played that role very well in this movie. um, I do like, I am curious to see if they will, at some point when they continue this franchise, if they will start to dial it back down to the tone Um. of this movie. But I don't think they will. I think they're past 11 on this and they're just going to.
1: Well, they're only past 10. (laughs) They will be past 11. (laughs) they will be on. Uh, (laughs) When you get popcorn lunacy, I think. Vin, in his mind, he's like, they're loving it. You know, <laughs> it's again, give, give I will, <laughs> you know, I'll be seeing it and all this and that, but I, I don't think we're going to get any more of an undercover cop, uh, family issues. I mean, I thought the scenes were so well done, though, and very tense, like, and very minimal, like Brian breaking in to the, the car shop and, and looking at the parts and then getting hit in the head by Vince because they found him, you know, and God bless, thank thankfully, you know, he's able to lie his way out of that, but I mean, yeah, and the writings on the wall, and that's kind of where I do feel bad for that other character because he was like t- telling Dom, "I told you, yeah, like, right. I know I'm a, a a jerk, but like I've been telling you, he's an undercover, right? You know, yeah. And you're, you're some reason, Dom, you're so smart, you're you're, too bl- you're blinded by this. It's almost like you know a Sith Lord, you know, like he's right under your nose, Yoda, the <laughs> whole time. Well, you're under his nose because you're three feet tall, but you know, that that's where I don't know why I'm Jerry Seinfeld right now, but I just always like. <laughs> Oh, yeah, what are you doing, Dom You know?
0: <laughs> um, well, I can understand though cause like I mean the uh, he Paul Walker does not look like a cop. <laughs>
1: No, he's too—he's too, he's too good-looking to be a cop. Especially so. compared to the, the other cops. He's oh, with. for sure.
0: Yeah, one of them was Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs.
1: I know. Paul really loves that guy. It <laughs> puts the skin on the turkey. I thought about Paul immediately. <laughs> That's true. All of
0: the other cops are just like middle-aged, dumpy-looking guys, and you have Paul Walker in that mix. It doesn't—it <laughs> doesn't make sense. But uh, yeah, so I just think—I think Dom was just wrapped up in the stunning good looks of Paul. That's like there's no, no way
1: he's—he just cop. got lost. in yeah yeah. he's he's just so lost (laughs) he could do anything now i will say too like we talk about intros and the characters when we first see those black cars with the green lights under and they're doing their first like mission to to steal all that stuff i thought that was really cool i will not lie to you though now like the only thing i think about especially later in the movie when letty goes under the car i mean chevy chase Christmas vacation. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I told Scott. I was like, Chevy did it first. <laughs> you know, like I didn't it's, do this on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and the way Chevy does it with his eyes, just like, <laughs> you just know, confidence. it's like Lenny's trying to do this. Chevy just did it. You know, <laughs> I, I just love. That's all I can think about now. But I'm sure, yeah, Young David thought it was the coolest thing ever. But I thought. Um, I thought that was a cool intro to what their their heists were, and as as Paul was like peeling it back and trying to get on the inside, continuing to earn uh, Dom's trust and all that. Just again, great chemistry, and and Dom very like. This is my circle. I'm about to yeah. let you in. You know, I you know, not to like um bury the lead or anything. I mean, the movie's insane. It's it's got all kinds of incredible stuff and you know, the ending that they're trying to do that last mission and the, the driver's got the shotgun and he's blasting people, Doms hanging outside the car. As as unbelievable as that is, it is definitely when you think of these new movies, that scene is way more legit and believable like oh, for sure. that could happen now considering yeah. how like popcorn lunacy they've gone you know like again it's crazy back then but um you know great great stuff but i i don't think there's a bigger you know you and i love wrestling twists turns and all that when brian calls the cops yeah and vin diesel Don, i mean we talk about no no voice acting just a yeah. face the betrayal yes Dom didn't... If Dom's buddy wasn't losing his life... He would have killed... He would have killed Brian. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. To this day, 22 years later, Dom... I mean, that scene is yeah. insane.
0: It is. I agree with you. Um, I feel like there's some really great acting that goes on there. And I feel like there... It's just... It, it, you realize that that, then combined with how the movie progresses after that point of him still showing that like I know I'm a bad guy to you I know I'm a cop but our relationship is still our relationship what we f- did together is a real brotherly bond and that they still overcome this bad guy versus you know this cops and robbers essentially situation that their yeah. brotherhood carried on through it and I think I firmly believe that the, they did that did that so well in this movie is why then when you watch the later film and you hear the, it's been a long, oh my God, man. Yeah, Like it's from this, it's from this, this moment in this movie. And for them to have this bond that's bigger than two guys that had two different, lives and and one was supposed to arrest the other and instead their brotherhood carried through like it's a beautiful thing like it's and it's a little it's a little like oh well, I'm I'm describing this in the Fast and the Furious franchise but it is you can't take that away from this this franchise for sure
1: No I agree and Dom has to realize too Brian Brian I think Brian like gets about you know he sacrificed his whole life his whole career for for Dom and like he realized Dom was misunderstood and and um, this is this is truly a family and Vince is bleeding out and and we got to save him he, you know he's got to be airlifted like he put it all on the line knowing that I that Brian could be behind bars and I yeah. think that's how the second one actually um, he's he he's like on the run or they catch him and he's like, we need you to help or you're going to have to go to jail and all that. Right. Second one's actually really good too. I love the second one, but I mean, um, that's not how the, the, you got this crazy moment and then, you know, they got to go. Mm-hmm. And, um, because they're still looking for Jesse, you yeah. know, and 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 he, he we see the, the 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 muscle car, and it's mm-hmm. and it's almost like Dom. Well, Dom never drove it, right? He even said that, and he, he'll drive the other the, the other street race cars and stuff like that. But it's like he 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 was he saving it like it was too big for yeah. anything else. But this is it. This is the biggest moment now. He's got to go find Jesse. Jesse's or or yeah, this is it. This is what it's been all leading to. And unfortunately, we see what happens with Jesse and and all that. The cops are on the way. Dom's like, he's already said, I'm not going I'm not ever going back. You know, Right. Um, it's interesting when we think about movies like this or shows or I think of one of my favorite shows, Dexter, like. It is all about the family and it's about everything, but there's also a sense of like, it has to all still be about me. Yeah. And sometimes you get too deep, and that happened. And Dom was like, I got to go. It mm-hmm. is all about the family, but I'm not going back. Right. I need to start and I'll start another life, a new family. And I always not think, I know it's not as non cavalier or nonchalant about that, but it made me really think of like Dexter yeah. and like, yeah, everything does matter, but at the same time, you gotta save yourself. Mm-hmm. And it was just interesting. I don't young David would have never put those two together, but yeah, I'm thinking about watching it now as an adult and the things I got out of this rewatch. Um, it, was, it was a lot more like shocking to me as I sat there and really dug into it. In, um, yeah, you know, again, um, there's none of that in these new ones, and that's fine. But it's it's great that we have the old ones to to go back to because I definitely think this movie still is is an amazing and like lives up to everything it did in two thousand and one. Oh,
0: for sure. Did you? The funny thing is, is did you know that this movie almost wasn't Vin Diesel and Paul Walker? the actual let me
1: guess it was bernard and um... <laughs> no i'll get to i'll get to a really oh, good fan this
0: is just a movie fact i have a good fan theory that i'll get to though <laughs> um but no this was originally slated for timothy oliphant was supposed hmm. to be dom Um, Which would be a whole different film.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah. He was bald in another movie with the Hitman movie. Yeah, Um, not quite
0: as good looking bald.
1: (laughs) And no, or or as jacked. No. Yeah. See, Timothy Alpha could have been maybe the Brian character. I if there's a character like Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Vin Diesel is dumb. Oh, There's for no sure. one else who can play yeah. that. Yeah. Know?
0: Well, and so. then it was almost uh, Paul Walker's character was almost played by Eminem. So it was almost Timothy Oliphant and Eminem in this in this movie. That movie would
1: have been a dumpster fire. <laughs> I'm just saying it. That's terrible.
0: It is terrible. Yeah. Whatever. whoever in the studio decided not to do that, it was a very thank you very much. It was a wise move.
1: <laughs> Eminem is cool. But I'd rather have the cartoon M&Ms and the commercials play these characters than <laughs> M&M himself be in this movie. Yeah, I mean, for sure. come on! Oh, I'm so glad that never happened. I mean, I, I, we talk about a cast. This is uh, Mar- Michael J. Fox, it's for Lloyd, like uh, Paul Walker. Vin Diesel. Yes, those are those characters forever. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that ne- that never happened, and I am so glad that after two and three, the band did get back together because I did enjoy two. But I, I would honestly say, I if I had, to, I was gonna, I was gonna try and rank like the early ones because, you know, the, yeah, after seven, they are what they are. But like, I, I would go. Fast and Furious, which is actually the fourth one. Mm-hmm. Then the Fast and the Furious, the first one. And then I love Too Fast, Too Furious, the third one. And then I'm going to throw Fast 7 in there because of the tribute to Paul Walker. Yeah. Um, and really only that because of the way they had to do that movie. I mean, Paul and was hardly in it for obvious reasons. and, this right. and that. so. But I think the tribute is just one of the best I've ever seen. But yeah, that's how I'd rank them. Uh, again... I think the fifth one was when The Rock was introduced, fast, was, five, fast Five. But yeah. he also did a movie called Faster. I don't know what The Rock is doing, you know. And then there's that spinoff with Jason Statham that The Rock and him were in. I can't remember what that was called.
0: Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah.
1: Oh, man. More like Hot and Mess because that was, yeah, uh, <laughs> sorry, Statham and The Rock. Uh, anyways, what, what would you give the rankings before you want to give your fan theory and ruin uh this movie
0: <laughs> no uh, my fan theory is a really good fan theory. you just wait um no i would think that my ranking is pretty similar i might rank the seventh one higher though just okay. be- just because of that final scene um it's um it's up there with i know now why you cry it's mm-hmm. up there where <laughs> you know it really um it's a it's in that category of of very emotional cinematic moments that i feel like will forever go down in history um, so, yeah, I would probably rank that one just a touch higher solely because of that. Um, but, no, it is it is amazing to see how much this is. It, they've all started, with 10 of them, they're all starting to blend together a little bit. Yes, <laughs> yes, is, totally. What was 8 and 9 about? I have no idea. <laughs> like, I feel like it was... John Cena because he's Dom's brother supposedly right oh that's that's right like I feel like (laughs) in both of those it's John Cena and the brother sort of storyline like it's it's yeah, it's how hard did to follow? I
1: mean, Cena's balding in the back, but he's got some good hair in the front. He does. Sorry, Vin, yeah. you must have got the bad <laughs> hair genes or something. Like, I love, I do love the magic of movies that. Oh, yeah, yeah, these two are brothers. We're gonna make you <laughs> believe that. What I, you know, I guess he, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't remember. What, so yeah, not. Oh, it's Charlize Theron is in one of them, right? or yeah. a couple of them.
0: Isn't Kurt Russell shows up as well? I believe in some <sighs> of them. Yeah, yeah, it's all over I, the place
1: yeah it is all over the place so yeah you would, i you yeah it's seven the seven tribute is amazing did you like fast and furious the fourth one
0: yeah i did i like yeah. that one like i feel like it reestablished the the tone of the franchise yeah and weirdly i even liked tokyo drift like as yeah. a, as its it own cool. film like it didn't feel like a fast and the furious movie to me but like i i feel like that movie should have been called need for speed Instead of Fast oh, and Furious Tokyo Drift, yeah. it felt more like a storyline to the Need for Speed video Which game. Which we did
1: get a yeah. movie. I didn't remember. I don't remember that movie too no, well, but I don't yeah. either. That was but, about a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah, I would have to say, I think all the way up until the seventh movie, I saw all of those in the theaters when they came out opening weekend. Um, oh, I feel like eight and nine started getting a little interesting and. Um, I honestly, I don't know if I've even seen the ninth one. Um, I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to pick it back up. But, um, but it, for the longest time, that was the spectacle was going to see a Fast and the Furious movie. Um, yeah. And I feel like with the recent trailer of Fast Ten. Uh, maybe I'll, yeah, maybe I'll check it out and see if it kind of reinvigorates this Fast and the Furious spark that I had for seven films in this franchise. <laughs> um, it'll get me prepped for the next 20 films that, <laughs> that Vin's going to do. Um, but no, it's, it's amazing how far this, this franchise has come,
1: but. in the office you referenced it, I'm going to reference it too. There's michael scott is like you're what's he's, he's been told you're what's wrong with society and michael scott goes well maybe society is what's made me this way mm. maybe we're to blame because of all the marvel and dc That's and true. superhero stuff vince is like or vin is like uh, i'm gonna make my own and yeah. we're gonna do crazy stuff i'm gonna jump from two different bridges and catch someone and totally defy physics and gravity but, hey, if people are going to keep seeing them, I'm going to keep doing them. Right. And there's hey, totally... We're not uh, up here bashing these movies. I mean, yes, if it was Eminem and uh, whoever else, like, yeah, it's total terrible. But, like...
0: Paul scrutiny Paul scrutiny and Eminem. I
1: mean, man alive, you know? The music would be awesome. <laughs> uh, you know? But, like, yeah, we're not bashing these movies. They're great, and they stand in a place for what they are and what they should be. Um... And like I said, I'll, I'll see this one. I don't know if I'll see it in. I, this is interesting. These are definitely theater movies. Yes. So, yes. but I don't know if I can will myself <laughs> to a fast head of the theater. Right. Um, the excitement I have of seeing the Fast and the Furious in theater is not the same now that I'm 35. How wild is that? That I was 12 and now I'll be 35 That's seeing nuts. it. Yeah. It's nuts. Gosh, that made me now feels just horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: the the fan theory that I have for this does not ruin this film. I think it oh. dramatically improves this film. Okay. So, and I I hunted online cuz like I like to give people credit where credit is due when they when I say different fan theories on this podcast. This is a fan theory that nobody else in the entire internet I I couldn't find anything about it, which I'm shocked by. But I firmly believe that Fast and the Furious and Gone in 60 Seconds are in the same universe. I firmly do, and I'll tell you why. And it is because one is uh, Gone in 60 Seconds is taking place in Long Beach, Fast and the Furious is in L.A. They're 54 minutes away from each other. Okay. These are a year apart from each other, so it's it's easy to think that this actually happened chronologically. Yeah. And what I was looking at is, I was like, you know what? Let's look up the list of the Gone in 60 Second car list that he needed to heist for his to save his brother. Three of the 50 cars on that list are cars that Dominic Toretto owns in the Fast and the Furious franchise. Oh. No joke, man. This is this is a, fa- a 1969 Dodge Daytona, codenamed Vanessa, driven by Dom in Fast Six. Oh 1969 Plymouth Roadrunner, code name Jessica, driven by Dom in Fast Seven. 1971 Plymouth Hemi-Cuda, code name Shannon, driven by Dom in Fast 7. And what I'm thinking is, is that Memphis Reigns needed cars. And w- you're within an hour radius of a guy who has a ton of cars and a ton of sway. I mean, the guy at the speed shop knows who he is. Yeah. So I feel like Memphis, a trained car heister, had to know Dom. Oh, and, for sure. And stole those three cars to save his brother. And instead of becoming villains with each other, I firmly think that Memphis Reigns knocked on Dom's door, returned those three cars, and professed to him the reason why. Family. Family. And then they became family. I think Memphis Reigns and Dominic Toretto are best freaking friends. (laughs) I firmly believe it.
1: (laughs) Now, that is a mashup I need and want. If we get a trilogy that I mean, if that that okay, I will see that in the theater if they get reunited and they get all comes together. Yes. I mean, could you imagine? Because let's be honest, like. Memphis Reigns, was Nick Cage was very cool in yes. this as well, yes. and I still remember him the way he would like shook his hands out very Nick Cage. I mean that movie Already. was awesome <laughs> <Yeah>. too. Like <laughs> yeah. so, if we got on the same they were on the same screen and doing car stuff. I mean, and yes. it,
0: it would literally just take one scene that if you just de-aged Nick Cage a little bit and you de-aged Vin, mm-hmm. and they did it to where like Fast Eleven starts off with showing this from two thousand one. Him knocking on Dom's door and all three of those cars are parked up front and he apologizes and says why. And then the movie jumps to present day where you have the Dodge Charger with Dominic Toretto in it and the GT500 with Memphis Reigns side by side and they tear into an opening credit scene. Holy crap. Like it would be the biggest grossing Fast and the Furious movie of all 10 of these films.
1: Just throwing Nick Cage's name in there, they'd be like, it'd be like, yeah. It's just, if I saw Eleanor again, like, oh my gosh, I would lose my mind. You know, one of the racing scenes in a movie uh, we both have seen and love is Ready Player One. Oh yeah. And that, that, if you know, we got racing scenes like that again. And it's like, you know, I know that's got all kinds of animation and graphics. It's a video game and all that. But I thought that was a very, very cool racing scene if we could get stuff like that again, unlike the stuff we're getting now in some of these fast movies, I would be all for it too. But just the lineup, you know, um, uh, the, that, that, the DeLorean Dom's car, the green Supra. I even really love the blue and silver skyline that Mm -hmm. Paul has in the second one. Um, and then the the Eleanor, like just pulling up to the lineup, you know, it'd be so cool. Again, I'm not a big car guy, but I, I, I definitely can get lost in, in the appeal of how they look. Yes. Um, and there's there's some beautiful, beautiful cars out there. But yeah, that, okay, your fan theory. I is redeem amazing. myself. I totally I redeem I, I myself. You totally redeem yourself. <laughs> I, that is awesome. I, 54 minutes away, yeah, do, they know each other. Oh, Dom's for sure. Word of mouth Without and doubt. traveling. Yeah, yeah. Has to. They all are, are in a blended uh, universe. That, that That's incredible.
0: Yeah Absolutely. and I I firmly I hopefully this makes it out uh, you know into puts a bug in Nick Cage's ear or Vin's ear and just like we need I mean it's such an easy pull to get Memphis Reigns into this film like they've done things where people who you thought were dead came back into this movie you can make (laughs) the connection of Memphis Reigns like it's so
1: much easier. Um, For good and for bad they have so yeah (laughs) for good this time would be Nick Cage. Yeah
0: I just could not comprehend Nick and Vin on the same screen together like that would just be so freaking amazing. Uh, Especially those
1: characters yeah and Nick has never gone away Then you bring in
0: Angelina Jolie with Michelle Rodriguez, too. Man. Oh, man. You, man,
1: Charlize oh, Theron. Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. Young David and adult David would be happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I will say I hope that Paul is not in this next, you know, we talk about good, bringing back people. I hope they don't they bring no. him back. I know no. his brother can do stand-in and stuff, but that, the tribute they did with Seven, just leave it there. We yeah. all know what happened they, in real they life. Won't like, touch, come on. They won't
0: touch that. You know? yeah.
1: So, Vin, if you're listening, you know, just you just hear us out on that. Keep it sacred like you did. Cause that will last forever for sure. You know, Yeah, you you bring him back and that will tarnish the legacy you left. I yeah. Know,
0: I, I don't, believe. I think with as close as Vin seemed to actually be in real life to Paul, I don't think he would touch that. I, I yeah. really don't. I think if anything you might get, um, if he, if he does do this for another 10, 20 more films or whatever it may be, you might see, uh, um, because yeah, Brian's character had kids with Jordan. Yeah. yeah, like you might see uh, an older kid that they might cast like a young version that looks like Paul Walker. It gives sure. you Paul Walker vibes. Like I'd be on board for that. Um, but yeah, you can't touch his character again. That was just so beautifully, beautifully done. But yeah, before before we uh, close out the episode, I wanted to um, we had a voicemail on our new website that was submitted by. Uh, our biggest and best bygone geek. Uh, So let's go ahead and play that.
1: Hi, it's Sharon, David's mom. I just want to say how proud I am
0: of both of you guys. I absolutely love listening to your podcast every week.
1: You are so funny. Um, And I'm really proud of your website. And I like the pictures of you guys as little boys brought tears to my eyes. Keep doing what you're doing.
0: It was funny. I feel like when your mom, when I got an email that your mom submitted that, It's just like she's so sweet, and I appreciate the fact that she checked out our website. She's the first person to send us a, a voicemail on the new website too. Um, but yeah, it—I um, I, I don't know. It's—it's I, I, it's always pleasant hearing from your mom. <laughs>
1: yeah, I now need to Venmo her twenty dollars. But yes, uh, no, uh, it's so funny. She she was like, I don't know how to leave a review. I, I didn't know how to help her because I'm so <laughs> bad at this stuff. That I was like, ah, she'll figure it out. So I'm glad it worked out. Um, but yes, that's very very sweet, mom. And thank you for for always supporting uh, uh, this adventure we're on. It has been a blast. You know, um, I, you know, we in some way uh, do connect our our family and friends and. And I've said before, like I felt like we were all under the same roof. Well, that roof uh, I was provided in life I had was uh, my mom, and just a huge, huge shout out to her for always. You know, the memories I have were ones she created, and I think mm-hmm. that's pretty special. Um, so I will, I cannot wait to show Harper Fast uh, Forty when it comes out because <laughs> that'll be an episode she'll be able to do. Um, but yeah, no, love the love the shout out, mom. You know, in this one, you know, we didn't. Really, this one was more of a father issue episode with the with the with the guys in the movies and their dad issues. So we didn't really talk about mom. Mom, uh, this was not on. You know, this was you know it's cool that she let me see it. I remember having the DVD, but I don't think she was ever lining up to watch this this movie or has seen any it's interesting is there a person who's not seen any of the ten it might be my mom I guess <laughs> oh, oh who
0: knows with as much as she loves this podcast we might have just introduced her to a whole new universe
1: <laughs> <laughs> she will start it and turn it immediately off and probably say I tried I, but.
0: I don't know man that maybe the Paul Walker's dreamy blues oh. might pull her in <laughs>
1: I, maybe. Maybe she likes the bald guys. Maybe, maybe, maybe. you know, enough baby oil on Vince's, Vin Diesel's head and boom, you know. A lot of baby oil, I feel, especially yes. when you had Stay Them, The Rock, and mm-hmm. Vin Diesel. Lot of baby oil, it's a big followed, budget guys. budget line
0: item. Was baby oil for sure?
1: Eric's saying all this, don't come and kick my butt. It's all Eric talking to stress. Uh, and same about that Eminem comment. That was not me, uh, either, Marshall Mathers. I promise. So, but yeah, thank you, mom, and thank you, the rest of the Bygone Geek universe. For we got some really, really kind words about the website and just people checking it out online. Um, so, uh, thank you for, for, for also joining us on this adventure, and um, the comments I hear about just how it brought back memories, or reminded people of things, and this and that, or maybe even made you check out something that you never did when you were growing up, it's cool that you circled back to it now, so yeah, I hope it keeps providing you uh, uh, those uh, ideas, so thank you all.
0: Well, and can I say probably that Bygone Geek, we're all one big Family. <laughs>
1: family. <laughs> <laughs> Family. It's a family. family, family oh, yeah, you got it. Until w- I need to go on the run and <laughs> get a new family. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. And until the next time you see us or hear us, be sure to live your life with just a little bit of whimsy. We'll see you guys later. Thank you for tuning in to Bygone Geek. Please rate and review our podcast and follow us on Instagram at Bygone Geek.
1: I don't know. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here.